Now tonight I said I was going to bring a message on this local situation that faces us here in our immediate community in that the Roman Catholic publication, the Star Herald, which is the official publication of the diocese, has joined in the complaint to the Federal Communications Commission asking that radio station WXUR not have its license renewed, which means that the station will be put off the air. Now for this message, I wish to turn, please, to Romans chapter 1. This familiar text, verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. And beloved, the great difference between the Protestant movement and the Roman Catholic Church is in this text. The Protestants believe that it's faith and only faith that brings you to God in justification and salvation. The Roman Catholic Church believes that you must have faith plus works. And countless, countless thousands and thousands of people have left the Roman Catholic Church through the years because they wanted to honor the teachings of the Bible that salvation is by grace alone and it is by faith. And from the Protestant position, the Roman Catholic Church represents an apostasy from the historic faith of the church in that it uh, places the church in between the Christian and the Bible. And it places the Virgin Mary in between the individual and Christ. And it's in these basic fundamental issues that concern the salvation of a human soul that the great schism developed between the Roman Catholic Church and what became the Protestant movement under the leadership of Luther and Calvin and the Reformers. And as a result of this, the Protestants have had this tremendous emphasis upon the individual, his accountability directly to God, and with it has been the civil and political liberty which attends this doctrine. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's all we have, it's all we're interested in. We're not interested in building a great, powerful church. We're interested in preaching the gospel and seeing sinners brought to Christ that they might be born again. We're not interested in bringing some great glory to prelates and priests and popes. We're interested in giving every ounce of the glory unto Jesus Christ alone. And we are a people who in our devotion to Christ and our loyalty to his word have no other interferences to bother us. And we don't uh, entertain them. We exclude them from our worship, from our conduct. We're a simple people. We're a people that just trust God, that's all. And that's been the genius and that's been the glory of our Protestant movement with its complete and utter, utter dependence upon the Bible as the word of God. And in our century, beloved, the Protestant movement has disintegrated from within because of the assault on the Bible, the trustworthiness of the Bible. You can't have a Protestantism without a Bible that you can preach and without a Bible that you can trust. Take away the Bible and you'll destroy Protestantism. But you can take away the Bible and you can still have the church, the church, the church, the church, the church. And consequently, it's in this area, beloved, of our understanding of our Bible and our faith and the fruit of it as it relates to our own lives, to our home, to our social conduct, and to the social and political life of our country that these issues are so acute. Now, beloved, may I say very frankly to everybody that there are these forces in our country now that are seeking to change it. 
They want to change our country. Reorganize our social structure. They have uh, an idea that pertains to the world at large, that we must somehow or other develop a great world, political order, social order, in order to have peace, as they call it. And the one barrier that stands in the way of all of this line of thinking is belief in God. That's the barrier. And the one barrier that stands in the way of throwing away belief in God is belief in the Bible. That's the barrier. And we're going to have to get rid of the Bible. We're going to have to get rid of the Bible's message of individual responsibility and accountability to God. We're going to have to bury the individual in some great collectivistic church order, some big uh, materialistic social order, where we deal with the masses and we deal with the great bulk of mankind as a unit. And the individual doesn't count anymore. And it's in that area, beloved, that we are facing the great struggle today to preserve our faith, to preserve our church, to preserve our country. That's where it is. Now this Roman Catholic Star Herald here in Camden is the official diocesan publication. I've seen it in the earlier days when it didn't amount to very much in size or even in content, but in recent years it's expanded until it looks like a minute to her Camden Cougar. And they have news and editorials, and this paper has taken a stand very much, of course, in support of liberalism generally and the ecumenical movement in particular. And uh, when the move came, WXUR was to be transferred to the Brandywine Mainline Corporation. And Faith Theological Seminary had purchased the stock in that corporation. This paper joined with all these other forces in the area uh, to ask the FCC not to, re, uh, to, make, to, to consummate the transfer. But the FCC did it. And at that time, we all said Romans 8.28 would apply to these great things. And uh, we were grateful that out from undercover came the Jewish element in the community, liberal, the Anti-Defamation League and the like, the Council of Churches in Philadelphia, the State Council of Churches in New Jersey, the Presbytery of Philadelphia, the Lutheran groups in Pennsylvania, and then the Roman Catholic element. And here you have the liberal Roman Catholic element, the liberal Protestant element, the liberal Jewish element. You had all those elements uh, joining hands to ask the Federal Communications Commission not to permit a radio station in this area to operate as they alleged, under the control, the operational control of a man by the name of McIntyre. But the FCC, ladies and gentlemen, gave that uh, transfer. Now, every three years, the station has to have its license renewed. I'm not going into the FCC problems with you tonight. I'm going to deal mainly with this Roman Catholic issue as it's manifested here. And when it came time for this renewal, as we anticipated and as we all expected, this same group, the liberal Roman Catholics, the liberal Protestants, and the liberal Jews, went into the FCC with a complaint asking that the station not have its license renewed. That decision is now before the Federal Communications Commission, and we're all waiting to see what the FCC is going to do. The questions which the FCC has submitted to the station, which they did, have all been answered. Letters, thousands of them have gone in there, and I don't know, but I have an idea that they've gotten as many letters about this station as any station in the country. Because there's a tremendous opposition to it, and also there's a tremendous element in the community that desires a station on the air. And both of these forces in our community have organized to... Uh, try to maintain the interest which they desire. And this Roman Catholic Star Herald has gone in now and asked that the station not be permitted to operate. 
and in some of its editorial discussions in recent weeks since that time, the paper has gone so far as to say that no communist group should be permitted to have a radio station, no Ku Klux Klan group should be permitted to have a radio station, and neither should Dr. McIntyre or the Faith Seminary. And that type of an association has been communicated through the editor of the paper itself. Now, I don't need to tell you people, you know as well as I know, some of the things that are taking place. There are great, a great many Roman Catholics in our area that just simply can't stand the Star Herald. They just can't take it. They don't like it. And furthermore, there's an increasing number of Roman Catholics in the area that listen to Dr. McIntyre's broadcasts. And more and more are beginning to think that maybe Dr. McIntyre has a few points that are worth listening to. And when we reached Harrisburg the other day, we saw the signs, Catholics, real ones, for repeal of Resolution 160. They just came of their own accord and stood in that crowd which we had there. Now, beloved, I want to get to the heart of this. And the first issue that I want to speak of tonight is this question of liberty. William Penn and these Puritans that flew, that fled the old world, came over here to get away from ecclesiastical tyranny and oppression. This whole new world was opened up with these ideas. And they fled that tyranny as was manifested in the Roman Catholic Church in Europe. As it was manifested in the state churches that broke away from the Roman Catholic Church, even the Anglican Church of Great Britain. And it was into this world, beloved, that the whole ideas of liberty, separation of church and state were developed. And they are written into the laws of our commonwealth. And these ideas did not come from Roman Catholic sources. They came from the sources of the dissenters. They came from the experience of the oppressed. And consequently, this land was developed with these glorious Protestant concepts of liberty and responsibility. But in these concepts of liberty, there was liberty for the Jew in Pennsylvania. There was liberty for the Roman Catholic in New Jersey. There was liberty for those who were not Protestant. There was liberty for those who had different religious concepts. And that was the condition, thank God, that gave our nation its greatest blessing, this freedom of religion. Now, beloved, you and I in the 20th century are witnessing a shifting and a reordering of things. As the tremendous emphasis on the Bible is now being thrown away, the Bible's out of the schools, and atheism is coming into our state universities and all this sort of thing. As these de issues develop and men get away from the fresh, clean, direct approach to God, which we've always had, you move into the powers of the churches and the powers of the political machineries and the powers of men. And as these sources gather to promote their ideas of what they think is good for mankind, you then find the oppressive hand of tyranny again laying its hold upon these minority elements. And this situation is swinging back again to what it was at the time that our parents fled from Europe. We're swinging back again into that sort of area. Now, it's very significant that in the headline of the story that the Catholic Star Herald printed in their own paper reporting the latest meeting in Harrisburg, McIntyre speaks for dis... Centaurs. McIntyre speaks for dissentors. I'm surprised that they would even put that headline on their paper because they are trying their best to silence this radio station. They are with this force that's seeking to destroy this radio station. And I shouldn't think that the Roman Catholics would like to have it just spelled out in as plain a way as possible in their own paper that they're trying to silence some dissenters here in our area. Under no circumstances are we in favor of silencing dissenters 
That's where we were in the beginning. That's where we all were when we started this great country of ours. We were all dissenters. And the problem which we're facing now is that the liberal Protestants, the liberal Jews, and the liberal Roman Catholics are joining together to silence dissenters. Those particularly which are uh, opposing their program for humanity and for the way in which they want the United States to be reordered. Now I have some six or seven things I want to outline to you tonight, but before I get into that, I want to say to you people in this area, we are in the center of things. We are in the center of a tremendous storm, and it's being spelled out right here where we live and where we are. Don't think that it's way off in South India somewhere when I go out there for meetings. And don't think it's way off in Korea when I raise our, we raise our great Christmas offering. Don't think that that's where the center of the storm is. The center of the storm is right here. And not only do we see it and do we feel it, but those who are seeking to oppose our testimony and our stand, they are all aware of it. And I am saying tonight that one of the finest things that ever happened was the coming of WXUR because it brought out from undercover, it brought out from the discussion among themselves out into the open where everybody can see it. These forces about us which stand for this type of liberal suppression and liberal intolerance. And it is a healthy and it is a good thing. But because I tell you we're in the center of it, not only is our church the largest church in this area, but because of our relationship to the Christian movement throughout the world, focal attention is upon us. And these elements around us in Philadelphia and New Jersey, they're all conscious of everything that's going on. And they have rallied together in order to limit, if they can, the further expansion of this development as it relates to our heritage. Beloved, it is of the greatest possible significance. You and I tonight in standing for the Bible and standing for justification by faith and standing for the salvation by the blood of the Lamb, we hold the views that all the Protestants held a hundred years ago. And if the movement that you and I represent can get strength and momentum and the people begin to wake up and realize that their liberties are being taken away from them by these liberal forces, there will be a swing, a decided swing away from all of that and it just could be that the country could maintain its blessed heritage. And consequently, the focal point of this great struggle is right in the metropolitan Philadelphia area. And the attack upon radio station WXUR is of the greatest significance. If they can be successful in influencing the FCC in relationship to WXUR, then every station in the country will learn its lesson, take its cue, and you'll find the situation change. We go about from day to day and we're in the midst of our responsibilities but we don't realize that what Dr. McIntyre is seeking to stand for and what we're trying to do throughout the world and especially now in our own country and if we're going to fight in Korea we at least ought to be able to fight close at home and we ought to be able to do everything we can in the immediate area in order to preserve our liberty and our faith. Now here are six things that I want to say concerning the Roman Catholic's action here in this immediate area. In the first place, I welcome it. I think everybody ought to welcome it because it is making it possible for all manner of people to realize exactly where this liberal combine is seeking to take us in our churches and in our political and our social life. We have first a clear, unmistakable evidence of just plain suppression and intolerance. That's all it is. Just liberal intolerance. 
When you talk about this Philadelphia Council of Churches, the Greater Philadelphia, I received this uh, last month their schedule for all the Protestant programs in the Philadelphia. They've got all kinds of them here, 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 there, there, everywhere you ought to see them. All manner of free time, free television time. But here's one little station over here, WXUR, that they all look down their nose at, but they all somehow or other listen to it, and they record it every day, everything that's going on, they're taping and they're recording. Here's one little station over that for some reason or other they don't like its note and so rather than just face up to it and meet the arguments it would be better if we had it off the air so people wouldn't be able to hear some of the programs that that station is airing in the community. They have virtually a monopoly on everything else, ladies and gentlemen. But there's one little voice out here that has a few programs on it. And in order to silence those few programs, and what you have here is something that every man that loves his country and loves his conscience and loves his liberty ought to resent. You should resent any force that's trying to keep from you certain information that you're entitled to have. Every one of us live in a free society where we're entitled to have any pertinent or relevant information. And the glory of our free courts is that when a man's put on his defense, he has the power to summon any witness anywhere in this land to that court and to bring in any information of any kind that might be relevant to his liberty, that he might defend himself. Everything's done in the open. The transactions in all our trade, so far as our properties or sale of houses are concerned, you can go right down to the record. It's a public record, and any deal you make, it's right there for anybody to see. We live in that kind of a country. Everything has been open, and it must be open if we're going to be able to be intelligent, responsible citizens and serve the living and the true God. And when a Roman Catholic paper and a Roman Catholic diocese in our community is for this suppression of information to the people of the community, we can welcome the exposure of it as it has come to light. The second thing that I want to point out in this connection is that this tyranny, which we now see, and it is tyranny, is simply a reasserting of the old-time hostility of the Roman Catholic Church to our Protestant faith. As you all know, the Jesuit order is one of the orders of the Roman Catholic Church. They have a number of different orders, the Benedictine of the 6th century, the Dominicans of the 13th century, and the Franciscans, their missionary order of the 13th century. But in the 16th century, it was the Jesuits. And they were the anti-Protestant movement in the Roman Catholic Church. And it's so significant, beloved, that the Jesuits now are having so much to do with the so-called dialogue and with the so-called promotion of the ecumenical movement. But it was the Jesuit order that was established and did so much in persecuting the Protestants following the Reformation. And history declares this, of course, to be the case. Now, beloved, that same oppression that same spirit of intolerance which was manifest particularly in the Jesuit order is now being uh, printed and uh, maintained by the local Roman Catholic publication. There it is, plain as day. And I'm very thankful that we can, uh, we can see it manifest. I'm glad that it's all come out. Uh, where everybody has a chance to recognize it for what it is. Uh, now in the third place, this effort on the part of the Roman Catholic Church in our area through its official publication has in it the clear manifestation that uh, so far as the liberals are concerned there's very little difference between them the Roman Catholics will join with the Protestant liberals they'll join with the Jewish liberals 
And you know, every once in a while, people come out and you read in the newspaper, great interfaith action. Great interfaith cooperation. Jews and the Catholics and the Protestants are working the great interfaith project. You see it all the time. Well, beloved, don't let anybody deceive you. It's not interfaith at all. They've all got the same erroneous idea of the so-called brotherhood of man, universal fatherhood of God. And they have this joint action in social fields. They have this joint action in the political fields. It's not interfaith at all. They've all abandoned what their faith used to stand for and gotten some common ground down here in which they're working together. And this action against WXUR is one of these phony interfaith actions. That's all it is. And the Roman Catholics and the Jews and the Protestants of the liberal branch in our community have joined together to silence a radio station so that they may be, uh, have the advantages of this sort of information not getting through. Now in the fourth place, This Roman Catholic action is giving the kind of assistance to our opponents in the Protestant field, which they would like to have. In other words, in the great Protestant world today, you have the liberals that have gone on with the ecumenical movement, you've got the conservatives and the fundamentalists on every hand that have separated and are carrying on a great movement to preserve our faith. Well, the liberals who have sought to oppose us in the great uh, struggle within the Protestant movement, they're very happy to have some Roman Catholic publication come out and join in the general campaign to discredit those of us who are opposing the modernism and the apostasy. Now, beloved, that leads me to point out to you the steps of this process. And I want you to see it. The Bible speaks of it. It's as plain as day. Paul suffered under it. But the first stage is just plain abuse and false accusation. The Bible says one of the signs of the last days will be false accusers. And we have been going through that stage. Articles after articles, books after books in which my name has appeared, chapter after chapter in which we've been discussed all over this country. And the attempt is made always to say that McIntyre's defrocked, he's unfrocked, he's something else. An attempt to discredit by abuse so that people won't listen. And they want to get the people in the community so galvanized against those of us who were standing for what the church has always stood for that people just, oh, well, I don't want to listen to that fella. And they're doing that so that what we do say will not get through. Do you know that Resolution 160 said that Dr. McIntyre wasn't making very much progress until he went to the radio and he got on the air and then he began to get all these radio stations and now they say there are millions of people that listen to him every day? Do you realize that through the years, ladies and gentlemen, as we preached here and stood here, these liberal forces have sought to check here and check here and check here, and they had the press here and they had the uh, religious editors in the papers here, and they had this whole thing pretty well galvanized, and they thought they had things pretty well protected, and they forgot about the little independent radio station somewhere. And all of a sudden, that door opened to us, and we moved in, and people began to pay for us to put on the little independent radio station all over the country. And in the providence of God, it wasn't a network that they could silence. You couldn't get on networks. The liberals have control of these great networks. And it was through this area of the little independent radio stations that this thing got out of hand. And it broke loose in the country. And now these gentlemen are fraught with all sorts of frustrations because it's, here's the FCC, surely we can get the fairness doctrine, we get something here to put pressures on this thing and keep it from getting through to the people. And you people must recognize that you've been dealing with forces that are trying to keep you people from hearing things. Trying to keep you people from hearing things. Well, after they get through with the abuse, then they come with this type of suppression that we're manifesting now. 
When you get into this area of suppression, which is going on, then you get into this area of political attack, political assault. Well, we've got that developing in our country. Then the next thing is some trumped-up charge to get you in jail. That's the next thing. And about the last thing they can do to you is kill you. And it starts out with abuse and suppression and political assault and then jail and finally murder. That's where it goes. And beloved, it's that type of thing. It's along that order. I am persuaded tonight, beloved, if Carl McIntyre could get on the NBC network for just one time, that's all I need. We ought to have four times, but NBC gave four weeks of free time to report this conference in Switzerland. And young Donald Barnhouse, the son of Donald Gray Barnhouse, was the moderator and sat there in behalf of the World Council of Churches, and they withheld from the American people the most vital information about the whole communist participation and show that was going on over there. And if we could just get on a great network with the facts and some of this material and show it to the American people, there would be a turn in this country. And consequently, this issue of our getting on radio stations and this issue of our having a radio station that will sell time to us in our immediate area is of the greatest possible importance and we're going to fight it in every possible way right straight down the road. And that's one reason we fought the state uh, political authorities in Pennsylvania because they moved in with their resolution directed at WXUR, you know, but with all this content of an attack upon our religious activities and and our council of churches, the American Council of Christian Churches. Now, beloved, we fought it. We saw it. The issues joined. And now the Roman Catholic Church in our immediate area has moved in through its official publication to become a party to this sort of thing. Now, beloved, there's still two other things I want to point out in regard to this. And this takes us into the very heart of the problem. Do you know why, beloved, they're so anxious to silence the voice of Dr. McIntyre in these areas? Dr. McIntyre stands for freedom as opposed to this atheistic communism. I stand for it. I stand for it because we believe in God. And we are the spokesman and the representative of all those dear Christians in the cemeteries in Russia that have been ground to powder in their great mills. We are the people who have this loyalty to an almighty God. We stand for these things. And today we're being told on every hand that if we're going to have peace, if we're going to have freedom, we've got to accommodate to communism. And the United Nations General Secretary up there, you thought it said that we're moving into a world synthesis. And out of the struggle between the communists and our world will develop an entire new political order. And that's what men everywhere are beginning to tell us. And then you read in your magazines that we must have some sort of an adjustment between communism and our world if we're going to exist, if we're going to have peace. And beloved, it is that drive that this great crowd thinks has to be brought to pass. And it's that condition which I believe will bring about the destruction of our freedom and the destruction of our faith in God. And the political powers will then gather their strength with the religious power to utterly crush as antisocial men who hold belief in God and stand up for that belief as we stand up for it tonight. Behind this thrust against WXUR, beloved, is this tremendous movement in the Roman Catholic Church led by Pope John the 23rd that there must be some kind of reproachment and working relationship with the communist world. That's it. And it's there, and when I tell you that the issues are being fought out here locally, when I tell you these issues are upon us at the present time, they involve this question definitely. Now the last point, and perhaps the most important point of all, and the one that leads me now to what I shall say next Sunday night in relationship to this great doctrine of our faith. 
is that we represent, I represent those forces in our country that stand for the Bible and the freedom of the church. And we are opposed to the great world church. We're opposed to the ecumenical program to build the world's church. And there's nothing dearer to the hearts of these Roman Catholics than their dream that someday all the Protestants will finally come back and they will have the great world church which they believe that Peter is the earthly head of. And Dr. McIntyre and the movement of which you and I are a part, we stand for the freedom of the church, for the separateness of the church, for the consistency of the church in its absolute loyalty to the Bible and the preaching of the message of regeneration by grace and through faith. The presence of a radio station in our immediate area that will permit programs to discuss these things openly and frankly and to provide uh, uh, opposing arguments in behalf of these things is just a little bit too much. And it is a fact, ladies and gentlemen, that you don't get any of this thing on WIP. You don't get any of this thing on these, uh, w, these other stations. Just mention them. You know you don't get it. You can't possibly get on them. They just won't permit it to be on and what amazes me is that the situation is so changed in our area that the liberals can have virtually everything in their hands and nobody objects to it. But when someone comes along and they say the conservatives have got something over here in their hands, we can't tolerate that at all and we've got to get the uh, powers that be down there to silence this radio station. And now, beloved, we're learning all over the country that men are moving in since these little stations are selling time. We're moving in and we're seeing that there's a definite move on the part of Jewish leaders, Roman Catholic leaders, and pro-ecumenical leaders to go in and buy radio stations and then throw the gospel programs off the air. And their answer to the condition that exists now is one through the FCC, the other is to get their men to go buy stations and then put programs off the air. And that's going on at the present time in various sections of this nation. These forces which are out to build a world church and to bring about a reproachment with communism know where they are going. They know what they are after and they know how to get it and they're out to get it. And the great rank and file of the ordinary Christian in the pew doesn't know whether the sun is shining or whether it's raining. He doesn't even know enough to come in out of the rain. They're just totally ignorant of these things. And when a preacher of the gospel, and may I say, thank God there is a pulpit in New Jersey, in this area, that can command a listening response. And that this pulpit can be used by God to give these mighty issues to you people. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And the gospel of Christ is in it. The gospel of Christ is a part of it. And all of these forces, moving as they are, are to the end that what the gospel can do will be restricted and limited in this land in which you and I live. Now, I can't tell you my amazement and my utter... Uh, astonishment that when we picked up the adult teacher for November 1966 this is the official Sunday school publication of the Methodist Church and here are four Sunday school lessons for the month of November entitled the Contemporary Roman Catholic Church and the Methodists have now prepared in the most attractive, in the most uh, uh, subtle manner, the whole approach to change the Methodist church, to change it, to teach the Methodist church that the Roman Catholic church now is entirely different from it was in the days of John Wesley. 
and that they must now take an entirely different attitude toward the Roman Catholic Church and that they must move in now to this great effort to unite. There are four messages, our Christian heritage. The Roman Catholic Church is becoming more and more concerned about the unity of all Christian people. Clergy and laity alike are actively pursuing that unity in numerous ways. To the surprise of many, the Catholic Church today is becoming an active participant in many aspects of the ecumenical movement. And then it moves on down to speak about how the Roman Catholic Church in Vatican II is supposed to have made very, very significant changes, they say, and this is the line that we've been hearing. And we come along now and we read as follows. Uh, Through such developments as these, a growing number of Protestants and Catholics in America and around the world have recognized that though we still are separated, we are separated brothers in Christ, sharing a common baptism, a common gospel, and a common devotion to our Lord. Now, beloved, if there's one thing that the Methodists don't have with the Roman Catholics, it's a common gospel. That's one thing they don't have. And if there's one thing that the Methodists don't have with the Roman Catholic, it is a common baptism. They just don't have that. But here it is in their Sunday school publication saying that they do have it. And then we move on through to the next lesson, the distinctiveness of Roman Catholicism. And their distinctiveness is in the infallibility of the Pope, but they argue that that is being modified, and also their position in regard to the Virgin Mary, but they argue that we misunderstand them to some extent in these areas. And then they come to the variety in Roman Catholicism. This is Sunday school material, ladies and gentlemen. Then they argue that there's a great variety in the Roman Catholic Church, and what is significant about this variety is that they claim there's a conservative movement in the Roman Catholic Church, there's a liberal movement or progressive movement, they call it, in the Roman Catholic Church. But this corresponds to the liberal movement in the Protestant world and the fundamentalist movement in the Protestant world. And so you've got an inclusivism in both groups, a a, a progressivism in Roman Catholicism, a liberalism in the Protestantism, and these two wings. And they even go so far as to say that some of the liberals in the Roman Catholic and some of the liberals in the Protestants say they're closer to each other than they are to their own brethren in their own denominational structures. And, of course, they point out that this is of the greatest significance in the ultimate reunion of everything. And finally, you have the church in the modern world. And they finally conclude now that the Roman Catholic Church has changed so a new measure of respect, appreciation, and love is unmistakably present. So a new measure of love on the part of the whole Roman Catholic Church is now unmistakably present, except in the Catholic Star Herald except in the Catholic Star Herald. Now, beloved, I want you people to come next Sunday night when I bring before you from the Blessed Scripture Bishop Corson of the Methodist Church and what he and Pope Paul are undertaking to do together in bringing the Methodist Church back to the Roman Catholic Church. But Bishop Corson undoubtedly knew when he was speaking in Vineland just the other day, that the November issue of their own official publication would have these four articles for study in the Methodist Sunday schools to change the whole attitude of the Methodist church toward the ecumenical movement. And they opened the door for this reunion now with the Roman Catholic Church. Now, beloved, all of this is of the greatest possible significance to every Christian man. It's of the greatest possible significance to every Protestant that believes that his faith is in Christ alone and that only by the blood of Jesus Christ is there a cleansing and a justification which is complete. There is no purgatory, ladies and gentlemen. We don't have to go there to suffer for a while. All the sufferings for our sin were on the cursed tree. And once you believe in Christ, you have been justified. And you don't need the intercessions of the church. You don't need the importunings of a priest. You need none of these things. All you need is the Spirit of God in your heart to bear witness with your spirit that you are a child of God. 
and then go and preach it and live it and suffer for it. And when I tell you people tonight that we're in the center of it, we're at the heart of this great struggle. And all the liberals and all the Roman Catholics that know anything that's going on have their eyes upon the Philadelphia area. And they're watching these developments. And our interest in it is only one thing. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation. Somebody said to me this morning, Dr. McIntyre, what are these Methodists going to do that were converted from Roman Catholicism? What are they going to do? Well, just read the new Sunday school lessons and you don't need to convert them anymore. That's all a thing of the past. You don't need to win a Roman Catholic to Christ. No, you don't need to bother about that anymore. That's all a thing of the past. And the efforts of the church through the years to win the Jews to Christ and to win Roman Catholics to a saving knowledge of Christ. There are Roman Catholics, thank God, even in spite of the error that their church contains, have believed and they have been saved. And there are saved Roman Catholics. But, oh, beloved, it's the great position that you have to work and work and work and work and pay penance and pay penance and do all these sort of things. So somehow or other you'll be all right in the sight of God. That's the thing that misleads souls and takes their faces away from this blessed Lamb who on that cross paid the full and complete penalty for your sins. And, beloved, it's the kind of preaching that Dr. McIntyre is doing in this sacred pulpit tonight that our fathers preached and they had when they came to this country. And two weeks from the day, we're going down there in Delaware and just down the road from us will be that great marker there where the first Methodist communion was ever held in the New World. And I want to tell you, when Asbury preached and when Wesley preached and when these great Methodist men went across this New England territory and this New World, they preached justification by faith and the immediate reaction of the heart of man into the fellowship in the presence of Jesus Christ and when they talked about the warming of the soul it wasn't the church that warmed anybody's heart it was the Holy Ghost that warmed the hearts and brought these people to believe in Jesus Christ that they might be born into his everlasting kingdom now please don't let anybody understand misunderstand I'm not asking that the Roman Catholics be run out of the country. I'm not asking that the Roman Catholics be put off the air. I wouldn't even be talking about them not if they didn't want radio station WXUR to be put off the air. We demand for them the same liberties that we have. But our problem is, as they grow in strength and in power in the immediate area, they immediately move into the political field, and when they move into the political field, then we have our problems. We're concerned that they don't grant the same liberties to us when they're in power that Protestants who are in power grant to them. That's your problem. Isn't it interesting that when I come to grips, ladies and gentlemen, I'm coming to grips. I'm coming into the place where the struggle is. And it's not in Canada. It's not in Mexico. It's not in Korea. It's not in India tonight. It's in Camden, New Jersey. The Roman Catholic Star Herald. It's in Philadelphia, the Philadelphia Council of Churches. It's in Pennsylvania, the Anti-Defamation League. And I want to say to you Bible-believing Christians, every one of you, you're going to have to stand up and we're going to have to get better organized and we're going to have to begin to let our voices be heard, even if it costs us greatly to do so. And this Friday, your pastor is going over to Walnut Street, and I'm pastor one of the great churches, and I can, I can say to you people tonight, there's not another Protestant church in all this area that's preaching to the crowd that I'm preaching to tonight. They just don't do it. They're closed up or they've just got a little handful. But I'm going over there and walk the streets of Philadelphia on Friday, 
because I believe in my faith and in my liberty and I want this Democratic Party over there who stepped in to give the kind of aid that the Catholic Star Herald likes and the Roman Catholic and Jewish liberal leaders are engaged in, I want this political power to be exposed. And if William Penn, beloved, could come across the old ocean, a little flimsy boat, and land down here in Newcastle, and yesterday when Ms. McIntyre and I passed it, I said, honey, let's go see where William Penn landed. She says, no, I gotta get home, get dressed. So we didn't go. But I'm going to get the first chance I can to go down there. William Penn landed down there for the first time in Newcastle, Delaware, right down there. And when that little ship landed down there, one-third of all the people that were on that little boat died of smallpox on the way over. Beloved, I won't catch the smallpox walking down Walnut Street on Friday. But I'm going to do it. And I'd like to have a lot of the rest of you come and do it with us. We're in the center of a tremendous struggle. And let's not be ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, we see these tremendous things taking place and we thank thee that we can take a night and discuss them. And next Sunday night when we get into Bishop Corson and what he's doing and all this new teaching that's being introduced into the Methodist church, Lord, may these good Methodists around here, Lord, get after them. Somehow, Lord, if they won't listen to us, let them to listen to somebody else. But somehow, Lord, let them realize that these great forces of liberalism are full of intolerance. And they're out to suppress and to crash and to destroy these mighty testimonies which have been raised up in behalf of an infallible Bible. An infallible Bible. Oh, bless us tonight. God bless the word. May people not be misunderstood. May we be not misunderstood. And we pray for the Roman Catholics that have listened to us, especially the priests that listened in tonight. And Lord, speak to these priests. And may some of them look at the barrenness of their souls. And may they turn to Christ and find that he died for all of their sins. Save these Catholic priests, O oh God. Reach them with the gospel. For Christ's sake we ask it. Amen. All right, hymn number 188. Only trust him. Only trust him.